0: With handle art to scar trolls and charge tolls to cross world your bandits are catacombs of giant doors. Protect the chest stores and stores legendary items with the dragon bones and iron. It's ore. a grand theft of milk scrolls, Simons Questler, toe and earl, rocking shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The police need some bad dudes to crash a crew like bandicoot. all shit of game and English, and control the shoes. In
1: English, control issues. Yes, yes, y'all.
0: Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well,
1: this is control issues. I am the AMC.
0: And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. So, you know, figure it out. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues. Download control issues. Subscribe to control issues. Give control issues five stars. Tell your friends. Especially the cute ones. You can also go to Twitter, look up my control issues. That's the handle. Holler at us. And go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC. How are you living?
1: I'm living well. Uh it's nice to do episodes back to back weeks again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get that get that that routine, that rhythm, that that consistency back. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, other than that, just life has been good. Watching TV, trying to trying to catch up on all my shows to get them done. Almost done with Castlevania. Uh, hanging out with the family. Getting used to being back in the office. Trying to find. I used to work out during the day when I worked from home, and so now. Uh, one of the days I'm in the office, I used to work out at home. So now I got to figure out that routine a little bit. Got to got to tweak it a bit. But um, yeah, as long as we keep the two days, as I said last week, we we are gravy. Uh, Theo slept like absolute shit last night. He woke up at 2am, wanted to go downstairs. Daddy didn't want to go downstairs. Then he's like, "Well, if you're not gonna go downstairs, then you need to read me a book." <laughs> I was like, "It's fucking 2 a.m." Um, I would up- love it if he was
0: speaking to you in clear, concise sentences
1: like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was more like, "Daddy, read book. Go downstairs." Um, and we kept we kept that going on for a little while. Around 5 a.m., he eventually is like, "All right, I'm I'm ready to go to sleep." And so I was just so tired this morning, but as per usual, had the coffee, kept it going. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm up enough. How you doing, A-Dub?
0: Man, having a good time. My my last week at my job of 11 years is coming up. Almost 11 years. I'm one month shy. I couldn't couldn't have held on, but yeah, that's coming up. It's exciting. Did it's you get exciting. A, uh,
1: sorry, did you get a 10-year a like anniversary gift or anything? No. did okay. give you like a gold watch? No. Nah. <laughs> All nah. right, keep going. Keep going. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, last week of work coming up. That's exciting. About to transition to a new company, get Oh, money <laughs> so be able to live a bit more comfortably start living the way that i want to which is you know what we're all trying to work to in our daily dealing so i wish the same for anybody who's listening and for anybody who's not listening because we all deserve to get a little little successful little comfort in our life so you know it feels good excited uh yeah man just kicking it you know got got my place mostly together haven't been Having any large outlays of cash in a long time, which is also a great feeling, being able to you know break even, save a little money, start thinking about investing again, and you know I I really shouldn't be doing it, but I've been gaming, gaming pretty hard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. even though I still need to be studying and getting my shit together so I can you know make some more positive steps in my professional life. But yeah, other you know outside of that. Just living started working out again. I, I was getting a little soft because I was trying to dedicate more time to studying. And that's just not the life for me. <laughs> so I had to get <laughs> got back in my workout routine, body immediately snapped back into place. So now I just gotta shave a little bit of this gristle off and got back in the boxing gym and you know, doing my thing. Feeling good, feeling right. This this is where it is, just that that continuous feeling of Minor soreness That's what it's about
1: Oh yeah, well you said you've been, you've been Playing games Some somewhat, somewhat begrudgingly, But um, what have you been playing
0: <laughs> Well Keeping things alive, keeping things strong I've just been dumping inordinate Amounts of time into Elden Ring I fall more madly In love with this game The more I play it, uh, we were talking in the pre-show The best way I can describe it is that It just successfully melds the best qualities of all the from software games from demon souls all the way up through sekiro and dark souls 3 and all that just beautifully man like i'm i'm not like living on the internet looking at guides and looking stuff up but i am participating in discussions and i am (laughs) yeah that that is the neutral line against the the get gooders as they call them but yeah it's um like i'm not really doing all that but at the same token i i am experimenting a lot more with things than i have in previous from software games normally i just buff up my my attack power and go ham on anything that's in front of me but now i'm starting to you know, play around with different weapon types, different stat scaling. Uh, I got I got my ash summons that I'm leaning on a little bit more. You know, when, whenever I find myself in a situation where there's where there's more than one boss, or I'm just carrying a lot of runes, I'm bringing that summon out. You know, at the same token, I do find myself in situations where I at least try to take out the boss by myself before I bring the summon in. So you know, if you want to go on Twitch.tv/slash ControlIssuesPod, you can see what your boys getting into. I was. I was in the zone in in my last session, and I, I think people will enjoy that if you want to see what your man is up to. But yeah, playing the hell out of that, I'm pushing into what I believe are the final areas, and like I closed out some major quest lines, which I'm really happy about. I really love a lot of the characters in this game. I've had some unfortunate encounters with some of them, and just the level of detail and follow through on a lot of these quests is simply out of this world like i i completed one quest took down a pretty massive boss and like you talk to all the npcs in the area and they're like oh you did that well i guess i guess we don't have to do this anymore and you think that would be the end of the quest i mean that would be the end in any other game however i went back to the boss area and there's like this massive chunk of the boss now laying in the middle of the field. And one of the NPCs is like crouched in front of it, like talking to it and trying to, trying to coax it back to life. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is some crazy stuff right here. And then it, it's other situations like um, like you'll move a quest, which causes certain NPCs to move around. And if you show up, To the right places you can find them in transition and you can talk to them get information which will probably cause them to move forward another step if you rest at a at a point of grace again and then you can go back to the old areas and there might be there might be an item somewhere or somebody might be dead and you can pick up their their armor and their weapons or something there's there's so many layers to the quest where it's not it's not as if it's just a one and done type of thing like this is the end of the quest it's like the quest is over but now there's there's aftermath and fallout there's additional lore there's there's additional ways for you to to gain something and i used to think i was crazy because i would thoroughly scour areas, picking up everything, killing everything, hitting every wall, trying to find them illusory walls. Cause you know, how I do, but, and then I would come back to the area sometime later and there'll be like an item in a place where I'm 100% certain I've scoured every angle, every which way. And then as um, like, I was looking at a guide to figure out if I had missed something and I, it was like, yeah. And if you go back to this area, then this item, is present now it's like oh so even if you do fully explore areas you're not necessarily done with an area because as side quests and the story itself move forward things happen and appear in the world that weren't there before so it's that's it's just outstanding and the overall tone and the atmosphere of the game i just the music the visuals it's it's the seamless transition of the Dark Souls experience to an open world, and it just could not be a better product. I think this is not only, like, the pinnacle of what they've tried to accomplish with all the, the Souls, the Bloodboards, and the Sekiros, but I think this is also just a, a benchmark for what open world games could be. I doubt that the industry is really going to follow suit at least for another full hardware generation after this one but if we can get games that incorporate ideas and mechanics and aesthetics and just general atmosphere from the likes of elden ring i think the industry will be better off for the experience however you know i could gush about elden ring all day long i did Take a little time away (laughs) in my 120-hour journey. I did take a little time away and fired up Anno Mutationum. It was a game that I was very excited about when it was originally shown in some kind of indie showcase way back when. It found out that it had came out. So, of course, your boy went ahead, got it day one, got to support that, and then fired it up. It is far more charming and enjoyable to play than videos would convey. Like it's a very competent like 2D, 3D, pixelated side scrolling adventure where you know you not only go left and right through the environment, but you can go forward and backward. So that's pretty cool. You're moving through the city, you're playing as as a young woman. And I think her name is Anne Flores. And yeah, like you you were involved in some tragedy. When you were younger, you have some kind of illness that you're trying to manage. And at the same token, you're being told to fight stuff. I don't know. I haven't made it pretty far in it. I've only played it for about an hour, so the story's coming together, but I managed to get through like the the training session where they introduce you to the combat and the traversal mechanics. Well, not the traversal mechanics, but just your ability to navigate the environment, like your dodge roll, your jump, and you know, you can climb up on stuff. So it's interesting, got introduced to the shop, some of the main characters, and just starting to really understand like the foundation of the game and what's going on. But I extremely charming. I really excited to jump right into that right after I finish Elden Ring because I'm gonna need to let that breathe before I give serious contemplation to getting back into either a second run or a new game plus run. Yeah, it's the first time in a Souls game I've ever Thought about that, so that says a lot about Elden Ring. Uh, Annihilation, um, um, I'm excited for it. I want to get more into it. I'm looking forward to that. I did like one race in Gran Turismo Seven because there's some there's some news there that we might get into a little later. However, AMC, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, two games this week, um, mainly uh, Castlevania, but. I did have some free time. One of the benefits of work from home, you find yourself with about, you know, forty minutes of free time on a Friday. You you have enough time to just hop on and play a video game. Just just keep Outlook open. Make sure nothing happens <laughs> before the day ends. And so, uh, yeah, I hopped on. Um, Use that time to hop on Hades to get in a quick run. Uh, I texted you what happened, but I'll, I'll I'll lay it out for the for you know for the audience. And so I'm, I'm doing my run handling business got a pretty good build going i'm in the uh i'm making to to the second area which is like that lava like world yeah and um you know with the with the bone with the bone snake that you fight at the end and Barney. <laughs> yeah and um yeah so I'm making my way through there and you had mentioned this to me before but i had not seen this uh, option as of yet but i had the, I, I go to caron i'm like i, I need to you know, purchase some shit, get a little stronger. Got some cash on the side. I want to spend it, and I noticed that, um, yeah, that there is a that there is a bounty there that, or not a bounty, but there's some cash there that I could pick up, and it gives me the option to borrow it in red letters. <laughs> and so I took it. I was like, all right, I can borrow it. Maybe like it means I won't be able to earn any more money until I get that, until I like break even. Basically, I think it was three hundred. So I I go to borrow it and makes you know caron's pissed off so yeah. you know i'm gonna do a different arena <laughs> and, and caron <laughs> is bringing it to me um yeah so caron it starts out caron you know is like let's we're, we're gonna fight and i'm like wait a second i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. caron starts coming i'm as i said i'm in the second world so i'm not i'm i have i'm I have a decent build but i don't have like a full build going on at this point i think i have about like a hundred hit points and um Caron goes to attack me, hits me with uh that the melee attack, and it's immediately 50 damage. So that's half of my health. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh, I hell no. So he, I mean, I'm I'm getting him with my shots, but my shots aren't doing near the damage that I need them to be doing to take Charon down. And Charon just fully just hands like I have uh, I think three lives um of the uh what is it, the uh, death defiance. Yeah. And just runs right through all of them <laughs> and i get taken out in that run and so now i now that i've seen that i'll, I'll probably hold off on doing that for a little bit um because i want to do some i, I just want to uh, i still haven't rolled credits in the game yet so i want to do all of that um before i i focus on maybe unlocking some like different things within the game um so outside of that, mainly did the the main focus which is castlevania symphony of the night uh putting in work there uh, as i mentioned the other weeks i'd kind of gotten stuck and i had really started playing around with the game because i was just like i could not figure out how to get to these areas and you know it's a it's avania you know you you need an ability and for me it's like do i not have that ability do i need to use the current abilities that i have now to get me to that area that i can't access in order to get the ability that would then make it easier for me to and the thing is uh fly is what i needed and so i mentioned last week that i learned with the mist ability that i can chain them and kind of use that as a fly it's through like all my my mana but um it's enough it was enough to get through across a couple of ledges that i didn't have access to before but at this point I exhausted the use of the mist ability to access certain areas. And so I was just like, what the fuck? I study the map. I'm like, let me just look at this map one more time. I see one area that I had not accessed yet um, that I had not tried to access either. So I'm like, let me make my way over there. I get there. I immediately see, Oh, okay. I can just pass right through this. Now I have an ability that I didn't have before, I guess, when I, when I came across this point and get in there I get the ability to turn into a bat, which then gives me ability to just fly as much as I want, which then what was, what was good about it? It was a little annoying because it was, it took me about two hours to figure that out. But what was good was in that two hours, I basically just tested out all my different abilities, all the spells that I had to uh, just see what they could do. And like, because as I mentioned in this game, they don't really lay out everything for you, and so you'll have an ability that, say, is does one thing, but when you play around with it, you realize that it can also uh, have other capabilities um, that you can then take advantage of with that. Uh, and so because of that, like I'd also studied the map completely, just learning like where to like go, trying to figure out where to go to push forward. And so right when I got that bad ability, I was like, all right, so I'm gonna go here, 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 and here. And I think I'm gonna beat the game. It's <laughs> uh so I go through and one of the areas um uh leads me to a boss fight. And it's a boss fight where the game ends and I beat the game, and I'm like, oh shit, I beat the game. But I knew in the back of my head that um people said that there is a whole nother phase of the game and I didn't do that. So I was like, this can't be, this must be like the, uh, the bad ending or whatever, like the, uh, the, the fake ending. And so I go back into the game and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go explore these other areas that I hadn't explored before I got into that boss fight, do those and realize as I'm doing those areas, it's pushing the narrative more forward. And then it basically gets to a point and this is a this is spoiler. This is straight up spoiler. D- you never played Castle- Castlevania Symphony of the Night, right? I never have. and never will. Okay. So it came out in 97. There'd be no reason for you to ever play it. Um, so what this game does so awesome is that um, I, I push through all those story points that I hadn't accessed before. And I come across this character that's been helping me out through the game i end up fighting her she gives me an item that i can equip and it says it's used to see through curses so then i go and redo that final boss fight again and with the goggles on i notice this orb that's floating above the boss and so i'm like oh that's interesting that wasn't there before i go and attack this orb the orb then gets destroyed and it lifts the curse on that boss And so then, uh, it then reveals this, uh, this wizard, this evil wizard who, I guess I'd curse that main protagonist, uh, who had cursed that enemy and, um, basically set them on this, this path that would, uh, resurrect Dracula. I do that and it opens up, it basically restarts the entire game, but now the map is upside down. Okay. (laughs) And so I now. um. Now, I have to basically replay all of that, like go through the entire map. And, and then when I go through that, I guess I get to fight this wizard and then I get the true ending of the game. But, like, as I said, like, it's this game is just doing so much shit that I have not, like, that we still have not seen in in games to date, like, uh, in, in modern games, as far as like, like, I've seen fake endings, but not like in this way where it's like you need an item in order to fight the boss a, a completely different way in order to then access in a, a completely different phase of the game that will then lead you to the the ending the true ending of the game and it's just like i just love how this game is just so full of secrets and surprises in that way that are not laid out at all but like as you come across them it's just like the ultimate euphoria of like one accomplishment and payoff for that exploration and you know just banging your head against the game to figure out something new. Um, Absolutely love it. It's to this day, I mean, game made in 1997. I I, I can see why people that like, you know, that I've like listened to have said that this is one of the greatest games of all time. And it's just nuts that this game was made so long ago. And it's still surprising me that like it's still surprising me with new things that I have not seen in any modern games. Absolutely awesome. Mm But let's get into these topics of the week Our Topics of the week Would you like to lead off a dub?
0: Then I'm going to lead off AMC Where am I going to lead? Well, let's, let's do a little spot of good news A little spot of interesting news A little, little nostalgia A little something to take you back If we got some of, the, some of the Older and dustier listeners who are in that Same age bracket as us Maybe a little older, who knows But if you know, you know Ken and Roberta Williams, you may recognize these names from Sierra Games. They are remaking A Colossal Cave Adventure. So, this will be their first game in over 20 years. And yeah, man, they are the founders of Sierra Online, and they have shown off their new project. It was referred to as The Secret, but it will be a reimagining of A Colossal Cave Adventure. Uh, Colossal Cave was a nineteen seventies text adventure game. It was credited with the inspiring Zork, Rogue, and other formative PC games as written by Cat Bailey at IGN, as well as for laying the groundwork for the PC role playing genre as a whole. So yes, quite the pedigree. AMC, did you ever get down on any, any Colossal Adventure or Colossal Cave Adventure or any of the Sierra online games?
1: i never even heard of colossal cave adventure um neither as far yeah, as, far <laughs> as of rogue though yeah as far as sierra games like uh i played I think it was uh i think these are all sierra games so i played Mon- secret of monkey island uh secret of monkey island 2 lee chuck's revenge uh there's an indiana jones game i also played and um i want to say full throttle was also a sierra game so a lot of those like point and click adventures um i don't think they did they might have done police quest that's as close as i would have gotten as far as like a text-based uh adventure when it comes to like typing type typing in like pull out billy club <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> things, like, things like that um that's as far back as i go um i think space quest if that's also a Sierra game i played that too but yeah those never heard of uh whatever this caveman shit is but also, so you have
0: quite the track record
1: yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I'd never heard of this game in particular, so I'm, I'm interested to hear more about it, uh, as far as look it up and, and see what they plan to do with it.
0: Well, it's, it's called Colossal Cave 3D Adventure. It's a first-person adventure. It's designed in Unity. It's for VR and PC. Uh, similar to the original, the underlying concept is that players explore a cave, looking for treasure, encountering characters along the way. Uh, these include a troll, a bear, a snake, and a pirate. <laughs> uh, the quest is to find all the treasure. This is in quotations, so all the treasure. So um, maybe there's something to that. Uh, the reimagined adventure will be challenging and will feature a wide variety of puzzles to overcome in a completely immersive 3D world with more than 143 locations. So, according to Ken Williams, they created this game out of boredom during the quarantine. <laughs> So, I mean, you put, a, you put game designers in a room for a couple of years, you're going to end up with a game. So, this is awesome. Uh, let me see. They said, while locked down by the pandemic, I wrote a book about the old Sierra days. Its success surpri- uh, surprised me and brought back many memories of our days making yeah. games. This led me to investigating how modern games are made, and I just started coding using the Unity game engine for fun. I was looking for something interesting to code when Roberta suggested Colossal Cave. Roberta started to work adapting it to 3D, and I assembled a team. As we dug deeper and deeper into the game, we discovered layers of complexity that explain why the game became such an industry phenomenon. It has action elements, humor, a scoring system, adventure elements, interesting characters, a huge world to explore, and more. This is truly a game that will delight a new generation and 100% different than anything I've seen in the market today. So, that is thoroughly exciting and i'm actually kind of interested hopefully we see this come out on consoles hopefully it's well received i mean they're they're visionaries of old school games and just games in general i think they they won a a game award for their what the lifetime achievement or something like that so it'll be very interesting to see what they do with a modern game and if it's well received who knows maybe this will be the be the rebirth of something special. Who knows? I don't know. AFC, What do you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, there's another game that I just remember. It was King's Quest a Sierra game? Because I played that too. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the point and click adventures. King's Quest. I know that they brought it back like a couple of years ago. But yeah, I played King's Quest as well. If that's a Sierra game.
0: Author Roberta Williams. Designer Roberta and Kim Williams. Yeah. King's Quest King's Quest.
1: Yeah, that was my that was my shit also. There's like eight of them or something like that. Something ridiculous. Now, now I'm <laughs> curious. Is this what I thought it was? No, it's not. Okay. I'm glad I didn't
0: say anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't don't want to look foolish on the podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. But yeah. Fat checking
1: us. Yes. Uh, let's move into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. We got an announcement from CD Projekt Red, a Oh, is it more cyberpunk they yeah.
0: finally fix it?
1: Well, this is actually something interesting. Maybe it's them fixing things, but not necessarily cyberpunk. Uh, the next installment, this coming by way of CD Projekt Red, the next installment in the Witcher series is officially in development, A-Dev. I know people are excited about that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, well, here's why they might be excited, because here's the big pull from this this uh, announcement this is an exciting moment as we're moving from red engine to unreal engine 5 beginning a multi-year strategic partnership with epic games it covers not only licensing but technical development of unreal engine 5 as well as potential future versions of unreal engine where relevant red engine and here's the big kicker red engine the technology which powers cyberpunk 2077 is still being used for the development of upcoming uh, cyberpunk 2077 expansions um the important thing here is that they're getting rid of the engine that they used to develop Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven 2077 to move over to Unreal Engine five for the development of the Witcher series. Why that's important is, um, I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this in the past when it comes to Bethesda. Um, people are like, "Oh, the engine sucks. That's why it's bug Uh, You need to get off your engine," and you know this is like now nah, we're doing this is our engine we're using it and um you can expect to see more games produced on this um i know it seems like now they've moved past that but it's interesting to see uh, a developer i guess quickly make that pivot to be like you know what this may have been the this is likely the the cause behind you know the uh the launch the launch issues when it came to cyberpunk 2077 so you know let's license and approve an a proven engine <laughs> for the development of our next game uh, because we don't want to have any missteps moving forward so AW, i pose a question to you how do you see this impacting as far as the development of the witcher
0: as far as the development of the witcher i mean unreal 5 aims to decrease development time and increase the amount of high quality assets and just functions that you can utilize with you know greater ease of use for developers so what i imagine is doing is allowing them to make a a larger more fully featured more quality game something more in line with like what they showed the Witcher 3 to be looking like before it eventually revealed, but we're not going to talk
1: about that. <laughs> well, Breaking up old news, A.D. Yeah, bring up living up, in dude. the past. No yeah. man's sky sucked at logic. Hey. Uh,
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, but I, I imagine they'll be able to do more within the same time frame and they'll probably get a better result out of it. I mean, there were a lot of key departures during the development of The Witcher 3 as well as during the development of Cyberpunk, so... I'm not too certain about, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to get the combat right. Witcher 3's combat wasn't necessarily as well done as it could have been. So, you know, I don't know if they're still reeling from the loss of those personnel. So we'll see. With Unreal 5, at least we're going to see a noticeable jump in the visual quality of the game from The Witcher 3 and even Cyberpunk. So that's something to look forward to. It'll look it'll look next gen. And you know, people should really be excited about the the rollout of Unreal Five games because you know people get upset about all oh, the 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 leap from PS4 to PS5 wasn't that noticeable. It's like, yeah, it's because we're still playing cross-gen games and we haven't seen current gen only stuff. But now with Unreal Five going into effect, especially for For bigger, more highly anticipated products like The Witcher, as opposed to just any old game out there, like you're going to see the difference. And this is where the leap is going to happen. So um, I'm optimistic. I mean, The Witcher is clearly something that they do well. Cyberpunk was new and there were some missteps along the way. But with The Witcher, they do that well. They know what they're doing. They know what they want to do. They they have. They have a level of quality and presentation that they have to maintain because people expect that out of The Witcher. They also have cyberpunk (laughs) hanging over their heads. So they know that they can't they can't have another situation like that. Like they got to they got to earn some consumer goodwill back. But, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And what do you think,
1: AMC? Yeah, I think this is a, a good move. I think uh a lot of times there is and I know we kind of um we always side like with the developer, like sticking to their guns, but I do like when a developer does acknowledge like their mistakes. And in this case, it seems like that's that's them looking at this red engine and being like, We can't use this moving forward. Like maybe they noticed some things technically there that you know limited them or you know, just really cause cyberpunk to shit the bed at launch on, um, in particular, uh, PS4 consoles. Um, and so, yeah, because of that, uh, that, that gives me hope that, you know, they're learning from their mistakes. I know, um, People want to write off somebody after they make a mistake, like oh, you can't do anything. As as you mentioned, we may discuss another another developer <laughs> changing their tune on, a, on certain changes within a game that came mm-hmm. out recently. Um, so I, I I think it's I think it's perfectly fine when a developer is like, you know what, we did that thing, and sorry about that, and we'll try to make up for it here. And in this one, yeah, being that you know, as you mentioned with the the combat with a uh, Witcher three. Neither one of us really got into it. Me especially, I didn't get into the game. But I, I will acknowledge also that it was definitely a game of a generation. Um, and to the point where people are, are excited to play more of The Witcher. Um, very very reminiscent of uh, Skyrim, where it's like, oh, we got this now ported here with a better, better, better fidelity or next gen, where upgrades coming. Um, so it's a game that still has legs. And with that, I think... They obviously realize that that is their, you know, their flagship franchise, and so they want to make sure that The Witcher comes out uh, in the best condition possible at launch to avoid, you know, now having that that stigma completely just glued to their back. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a good move uh, that that they're that they're doing this and that they made this announcement. And by all accounts, I mean, all there've been. Hundreds of tech demos of Unreal Engine Five, and they've all looked absolutely amazing. Uh, and so, with that, I think that they probably just realized, you know, what, let's if we got to spend some, spend a little extra money to license an engine in order to get a better quality uh, game out of it, then we're willing to make that uh, that adjustment. And yeah, you got to applaud them for for that at least. But let's keep it moving, A Dub. Next topic: Good week. Topic of the week. Top, topic topic of of the week. week. Week week
0: week, week. Oh I actually have more Witcher for details. Oh, okay. That's what you got there? <laughs> yeah, just adding on to the whole Witcher situation. It's still top of the week. But you know what I'm saying. Yes, the the new director of The Witcher promises that there will be no crunch, quote unquote, on my watch. Uh, In a tweet, Jason Slama says, I'm super thrilled to announce that that I've humbly been working to ensure the success of the next big AAA, The the Witcher game. Oh, Jesus, what is going on with my reading ability? I'm super thrilled to announce that I've humbly been working to ensure the success of the next big AAA, The Witcher game, as its game director. I guess this is being translated from Polish or something. (laughs) I think you could join the team. We have tons of roles open possibilities there remote work we could discuss, uh, discusses. And again, in an environment where I achieved my ultimate goal of saying, hey, look, you can make a high quality uh, CCG without murdering the people who work on it with whips and chains, especially considering all the controversies that happened with crunch and everything. The fact we managed to achieve all that with really awesome working conditions and people thanking me for the support and what they taught me is very humbling, but also inspiring. Uh, Inspiring moment and day for me. So they're they're trying to they're trying to change the game. They're trying to get some goodwill back. They're also teasing a new Witcher school. So that's also very interesting. Let me see. Speaking to Eurogamer, the developers' global communication director Robert Malinowski confirmed that the medallion isn't from any current any currently canon Witcher school. Some mysteries. Should not be so mysterious, he said. I can confirm that the medallion is, in fact, shaped after a lynx. So if you guys have been paying attention to the... There was a a teaser image of a medallion with glowing red eyes like laying in the snow. And it doesn't look like the wolf that Geralt wears around his neck. Apparently it is a lynx, and that is suggesting that there is a new witcher school. And according to this communication from their global communication director we're in for some, some mysteries and some treats who you know the rival schools You get rival schools in the witcher <laughs> got rival witchers you're going to be damn is witcher 4, is it going to be a, a witcher war you're going to fight other witchers hunt, hunt down hunt down witchers or are you being hunted by witchers is the hunter the hunted uh, the most dangerous game. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> AFC, how do you feel about CD Project Red trying to put this out, no crunch, and also bringing in a new Witcher school?
1: It's uh, interesting. I don't really know much about the Witcher schools, uh, so that's that's a whole thing of lore that I guess I have to get into. I I still haven't watched the second season of The Witcher. I know it's a. I it's watched the first, first one. Uh, first season was actually awesome. Um the uh, yeah, as far as the crunch thing, I mean, it's 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 good that you're avoiding your that you're avoiding crunch, that you're making it a point to avoid crunch. Um, but I mean, it's just, I mean, people are going to be looking for it anyways. <laughs> so, if anything, it just means like you better make sure that there's not any because if not, Jason Schreier will be writing an article about it.
0: Oh, he's already setting up an office across the street, <laughs> <laughs> keeping track of who goes in and out, and like timing them.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. It's uh it's it's CD Project Red doing what they do best, which is trying to trying to win those brownie points with the mm-hmm. uh, with the concerned citizens of the world. Um, I I don't know. I mean, good for, good for them that as I said, good for. Th- good for people to acknowledge their mistakes as we've, as we've seen with Activision trying to ignore their mistakes for so many years. Um, I'd rather have a company that, you know, if they're going to be quote unquote woke about like how they handle things, then at least like like do it. And so, um, I'd rather have that than to just, you know, put your head in the sand and pretend like everything's all good, until the state of California says it's not all good. Yeah, um, because so that's they a, will. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's the way I look at it. Um, so, I mean, uh, hopefully they they follow up on that and people aren't pissed off while they're making the next Witcher game.
0: <laughs> I, I'll I'll believe it when I see it, but. As we all know, in all things, anybody with a job or who's ever worked on a project, if you have a deadline, you're going to have crunch. That's just the way that it is. So we already saw with Cyberpunk how they said we'll release it when it's ready. And they released it when it was not ready. And it's still not ready. So, you know, they're saying that there's not going to be crunch this time. Let's see what happens when we get a firm release date. And you have to hold it are you going to keep delaying the game until it's ready and keep giving it more time so that you don't have to work people too hard or are you encouraged so you know you're you're setting the bar for yourselves which is commendable in some respects but at the same token that bar can also start to structure a fence and you're either going to be pressed up against it or you're going to have to break out beyond it so we'll see Lofty ambitions. You're on show improved territory, CD Project Red. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Ah, topic of up, the
1: week. Uh this still you. You want me to take? want to keep it going. I'll take
0: a I'll take a minor one. Mm-hmm. Uh suicide squad, kill the Justice League.
1: Knife to the third.
0: <laughs> knife to the knife to Superman's <laughs> throw. <laughs> Kryptonite knife to the throw. <laughs> Kryptonite. Why not call it a Kryptonite?
1: Kryptonite. I mean, that should be a a, a villain. Kryptonite
0: crypto knife he he does everything in cryptocurrency yeah
1: <laughs> he, he's
0: shit he's using his crypto knife to shave cryptocurrency i <laughs> don't for people's accounts <laughs> that's how he makes his fortune but yeah suicide squad kill the justice league has been officially delayed yeah, now is is this the second delay or is this the first delay
1: i mean it's hard to say like with this one because no when you don't ha- when you don't have a real like release when you don't have a release date like it's just like uh it's gonna come out next year <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's like I don't know it's a it's a delay but like if you don't get a date for something I don't I don't view it as like a big delay as far as that goes but yeah keep going
0: yeah originally the game was set for a 2022 release but now it's being delayed to the spring of 2023 uh, this delay is going to make it eight years since Rocksteady's last release with Batman Arkham Knight. So we'll we'll see what's going on there. I mean, hey, if they feel they need the time. See, this is the kind of thing that CD Projekt Red should be doing. It's like, hey, let's just push it back. (laughs) They actually, they have something. They have the potential for something special with this game, which a lot of people either don't see, don't wanna see, or refuse to acknowledge because i mean the last showing when they had the gameplay trailer it looked pretty outstanding i'm very optimistic on this game and with them taking additional time to hopefully polish it up get it right and make sure it's the best it can be when it launches uh that inspires optimism from me so you know do what you gotta do fellas i, I got your back amc
1: yeah um it's not an original thought but it's an interesting thought uh So, you know, with with streaming shows and things getting popular, like Mandalorian, um, one of the big shows right now that a lot of people have been recommending me is Peacemaker. And I also recommend
0: that because it is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I've definitely heard people saying that, well, if you're going to delay it, why not work him into the game <laughs> like, since he's such a popular character right now. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting if that is a plan down the line, maybe DLC or something along those lines to have that character added. And but it uh, has to be John Cena.
0: Oh, yeah. It has yeah. to be him. It can't be some, some Approximation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah,
1: a generic looking white dude like you got yeah. you got to have john cena yes. um and so yeah with that um if if they use this time to add in that character i definitely wouldn't be mad about it because he was great yeah. in the movie and i just so you check out the show but the movie he was absolutely awesome and i've heard the show is all that and then some so maybe you know harley quinn is in everything suicide squad maybe this is their peacemaker might be that secondary character that is just as popular
0: I hope so they did a real good job outstanding writing on the peacemaker series looking forward to a season two if they decide if they opt to make one I forgot whether or not any news broke on that but yeah it, insofar as the game though it's looking good and I hope that they really strike true with it I mean they what they did for Batman and for Batman games is it It's historic. It can never be understated. It can never be taken away from them. So hopefully they strike gold yet again and do the same thing for the Suicide Squad. And, you know, if they can, it would be awesome if Rocksteady is basically the quote-unquote point person for all things DC and gaming. You know, maybe they could do the same for Wonder Woman. Maybe they could finally give us the Superman game that we've all been dreaming about. So only time will tell. And Right now, we have a long time to go. <laughs> it's about a solid year until we're going to see Suicide Squad come out. I mean, by the time Suicide Squad comes out, we'll have Starfield, rag, rag, Breath of the Wild two, and everything else coming out that I can't even enumerate because there's just so many great games on top of the great games that we've already received in this first quarter of 2022.
1: So that might be that might be kind of the point is. 2022 is already so stacked that can't hurt to delay a game to 2023 and give it a little, get a little breathing room as of right now. Stacked
0: like a, like a hip hop video (laughs) chip.
1: Yeah. There's just, there's so many games coming out this year that, you know, you know, people avoid just call of duty when it comes to fall. Like I I think people are now just avoiding 2022 if they, if they need to. Yeah. it's too
0: many contenders. We're trying to win some awards.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. We want people to talk about our game, too. Uh Let's see. Um Amazing time. that
0: the that the delay comes comes out after Elden Ring is just setting the world on fire. You think people are just jumping out of the Game of the Year race? <laughs> like, damn it, Elden Ring locked it up. Let's get out of here.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that. Um, If anything, because if it was... We don't even have a release date, so it would be coming out later this year, so... If anything, they would be looking at the fall lineup of games, and it's like, do we want to go up against this? Um, I know that there have been like delays, also with that was the Arkham Knights series or whatever. So um, maybe that was also a part of it. Was like, well, that got delayed, so now we got to delay this to give like so that you know one game doesn't consume the sales of the other game.
0: And I'm trying <laughs> to play some Barbara Gordon. Like, let's do this.
1: Yeah, I want my I want my Red Hood and my Nightwing. Yeah. uh let's see let's move on to the next topic of the week topic of the week let's see xbox they put out you know they release their they have their blog posts every now and then this one is celebrating nine years of id at xbox so (laughs) Just grab a couple of numbers here. Uh, let's see. So ID at Xbox. Since the program's inception, independent developers have earned more than 2.5 billion in royalties and total revenue generated by ID at Xbox partners on Xbox almost doubled over the last three years. So really bringing it in, taking care of the the indie developers. Uh, they also put out some other numbers as well as far as Game Pass. You know they got. This is with Game Pass and all that, you have all this data that you can now observe the habits of, of gamers and the impact of you know this service or just certain programs and how you know how people interact with the Xbox ecosystem. And so they say here with Game Pass, Game Pass is another avenue that helps encourage Xbox players to discover new genres and games. After joining the average member plays 30% more genres and plays 40% more games with the majority of those games being outside of Game Pass. I know there's a lot of discussion about like, uh, like people get game pass. They have no reason to buy games. Uh, it's bad for the developers, but I guess Xbox is saying here that actually people playing games on Xbox leads to other purchases outside of, um, outside of game pass. How do you feel about these, these, these numbers and this data as far as, um, you know, Xbox's relationship with the independent developers and then, game game pass being uh, a gateway to other games and playing more games in general
0: i think it's excellent this getting smaller developers much deserved exposure especially with the negative stigma attached to indie games in general and people just not wanting to buy them not wanting to play them whatever but they're not real you know, games <laughs> exactly me <laughs> even though they're some of the best games ever made, a resurgence of the golden era of games development. And, ah, oh man, don't get me started. But, yeah, man, it's it's awesome. I think anything that spotlights indie games and makes it possible for people, in spite of their negative biases or just the hearsay from others to then actually go and try an indie game and see if they themselves like it, then, That's a boom for gaming gamers and indie games, the gaming industry in general. So, you know, I'm, you know, Nintendo's also very good with indies. Sony seems to have not had the best relationship with indies, but they're working on that. But Xbox seems to have been consistently pretty good for the indie development scene. So this is, this is awesome. And as indie games improve. I imagine these numbers will only go higher. Uh, Game Pass also an excellent means by which to allow people to experiment with as many games as they want. That's not particularly something for someone like myself. Like I know what I want, I know what I like. I buy what I want, I buy what I like. So it's it's not a big deal there. But for other people, it's it's awesome. They have a service where you just have everything. You can go try anything you want, and. It's I just wish people were using Game Pass less to play as many games as they want or just strike their fancy at a particular moment and more so as a means to really refine their personal taste in games and actually learn what kind of products that they would spend that money on so that they can then go spend that money on it. But, you know, hey, service is there, your thing, you're paying for it, so you do what you gotta do and Get your satisfaction the way you need to get it. So that's, that's how I feel. Okay. Yes,
1: yes. You got, you got, you got another story, A.
0: Another topic of the week. Top, Top, topic, topic of, of the week. week? Well, <laughs> got an interesting one here. Let me actually look over here. Okay. So, got an interesting one here. Uh, it's kind of a dual story because at first, uh, Gran Turismo set so, at first, we got an update. You know, we got there, there's microtransactions in the game. You could buy cars if you want to. Uh, but what was going on, I believe, you know how people are with games like this. And whenever there's an in game economy, they quickly find the route that allows them to get as much money as humanly possible in the shortest amount of time. So (laughs) people were grinding out the same old races for big payouts. And then a patch comes down from Polypony Digital and they lower the payouts for a handful of the events. I believe 8 out of 28 total events. And this was viewed by the community as an action to push them toward microtransactions and spending real money on the game. And you know, this this discourse went on for a while and eventually Polyphonic Digital responded and apparently they apologized for the shaky launch. They promised a considerable patch and they're giving away one million credits. So for a little more context here, all that happened and this was on the back of a thirty hour outage on the servers for Gran Turismo so in addition to the payouts being lowered uh people were also very upset that they weren't able to play the game for that 30 hours because Gran Turismo 7 is the only game they have and the only game that they (laughs) wanted to play. I was playing Elden Ring the whole time so I didn't notice because you know I'm a human being with other games (laughs) and time on my hands but to give you some more details in order to to make amends for these transgressions. <laughs> uh Polypony Digital will be giving away the one million credits, which is worth about ten dollars in microtransactions. So you get you ten dollars back, uh seven dollar game, get you ten back. Uh, this is going to be given automatically to anyone who has played the game before March twenty-fifth and has played the game again before April twenty-fifth. Uh the update an update in early April will be released to improve Gran Turismo 7's economy and it will implement the following changes. They're going to increase rewards in the events in the latter half of the world circuits by approximately 100% on average, so they're doubling those payouts. Uh, they're going to add in high rewards for clearing the circuit experience with all gold, all bronze results. They're also going to increase rewards for online races. Uh, They're going to include a total of eight new one-hour endurance race events to missions. These will also have higher reward settings. Then they're going to increase the upper limit of non-paid credits in player wallets from 20 million to 100 million. So currently with the game, you can only have 20 million credits maximum in your account, but they're going to increase that five times. Lastly, they're going to increase the quantity of used and legend cars on offer at any given time, so yeah, you're gonna be getting more money. You're you're gonna have to grind less. You're not gonna be tempted to spend real world money on these micro transactions. AMC, what do you think about this whole situation with Grand Turismo Seven?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I alluded to in the uh, CD Projekt Red storyline, yeah, this is uh, this is the situation that like we we're talking about as far as when you brought the story, you know. About them saying we're going to avoid crunch things along those lines, um, with Gran Turismo pre-launch, it's, it's just it's unfortunate. When Gran Turismo pre-launch, all, a lot of the criticism was this always online thing, and you know, from from the other side standpoint, then from the developer standpoint, it's kind of the thing that you need to avoid, <laughs> because you have all these people upset about it. Um, but as I, I agree with you, not that big of a deal. It was about a day um, that people lost to be able to play Gran Turismo Seven, which oh, is no. not which is not that big of a deal when no. it when it comes no. to a game that you're gonna be playing from from years to come. But yeah, also from their standpoint too, it's like if you say you're not gonna have crunch, then don't have crunch when it comes to Super Project Red and Gran Turismo Seven. It's if you're gonna have always online, then make sure that nowhere near launch that you're going to have issues with the game's online service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, yeah, that, that happens and it's unfortunate and the people get to, you know, rejoice in, in, their, in their concerns. <laughs> but then we move on. Um, as I said with CG Project Red, um, acknowledge your mistakes. It seems like that's what they've done The fact that they're making changes, if they felt like there were no changes to be made, needed to be made, then they could have totally stuck to their guns. But the fact that they are, um, you know, going out of their way to, you know, give a little, you know, give a little back to the to the consumer, uh, it shows that, hey, we kind of did screw up here and we're going to make it right. And that's good because. You know, at the launch of this game, uh, as far as like when all the reviews were coming out, uh, a lot of positivity around Grand Turismo 7. And it was, it was great because it was like another great one, another great Sony game, another great racing game, another option to play out there. Um, and then it's unfortunate when, you know, these stories start coming out with the microtransactions and um, the service going down. But as I said, they're going to make up for it. And I feel like those people who are dedicated to the game, they'll, quickly get past it because as far as i knew they were enjoying playing the game um and i know there there are criticisms with any game i know you had your criticisms with like forces ai and this is going to be the criticisms of grand turismo 7 but regardless both games are enjoyed by their communities and i think that's the only thing that really matters it's not like a thing where people are asking necessarily in mass for refunds because of what they've done with grand turismo seven it's just people are upset about a couple things but overall they're enjoying the gameplay as it stands on its own and i feel like that is gameplay is king and that is what's most important and so i think long run it's not a story that's going to stick to them it's just going to be a thing that happened and you know a lesson to be learned
0: all right if You have a game and the only thing you complain about are your imagined fears of microtransactions and coercion to spend real money as well as a a 30-hour outage, like, okay, so the game's fine. (laughs) The game is, the game itself, when you can play it, is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't have an issue with the controls, you don't have an issue with the physics. You don't have it like people the only issue in the gameplay for Gran Turismo that I've seen anyone raise between the reviews and the online discussion is um the rolling starts on races where it's, oh you're at the back and you're just playing catch up it's like well, yeah be faster so just be faster and everybody try faster than everybody it's not like that makes the races impossible but that's a whole different story. Insofar as the microtransactions and everything, I mean, here at Control Issues, our general view is just don't use them. And with a situation like this, we're, again, like we saw this with Star Wars Battlefront 2, where people are doing all their little on paper. Mathematics, like it's gonna take you 400 hours to unlock everything. It's like, well, the game is designed for you to play it for a very long time. Like, what what time frame do you think that you should be unlocking everything? Like, why why is it so important that the most expensive car in the game is something that that shouldn't take you as long as it does to earn? It's the most expensive car in the game. Of course, that's going to take some time to earn. And you should be putting that time in anyway because you should be going through the menus, earning all the free cars. You should be running through the races. You should be running through the license tests. You should be enjoying everything the game has to offer. And over the time that you put in the game, you eventually like, hey, I'm about halfway or three quarters of the way to, to afford that car. Like, Why is, does everybody just want that car and that's it? Game has 400 cars, but just the one most expensive one. That's the one you want. <laughs> like, I never even, when I'm playing these games, it, the thought never crosses my mind of, you know, how am I going to get the most expensive car? I'm in there playing with the cars that I want to play with. I, I, I did races for probably about an hour or two, saved up my Lamborghini money, got my Lamborghini, Made all that money back in about a half an hour and just playing the game I want to I play, playing the way I want to play. Like now I have a, a European, Italian road car that I can pull out for all of those kind of races. It's got a high enough point value where it's going to give me, I can play all the no limit races. I can play the ones up to like maybe the 700s, high 600s and just enjoy myself playing with my favorite car playing with a game that feels, looks, and sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, the way I, I look at it is like, people will pay, because like, you know, we, we've covered these stories where people get locked up or get fined like crazy amounts, get sued for crazy amounts from developers, but like, gamers will pay for mods, for cheats, for hacked versions of games. Oh, how, do- how? But how dare a developer release content that you can pay for. <laughs> like like it's like it's like uh, I, I never understand like that little bit of hypocrisy where it's like, well, I can pay the homie for a modded for a mod, but if a developer puts out like a car and says five bucks, that that is that's a bridge too far. How dare you? <laughs>
0: How dare you charge me for the content you made? I'm gonna go pay him to give me a thing that gives me access to the car you made for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Game Shark, Action Replay, Game Genie, all these all these things. So the developer is just cutting out the middleman. You don't need a third party product. You don't need all that. If you wanna bypass the content that they spend years of their lives, their blood, sweat, and tears, their creative passion creating, kick a few bucks up to the homie, like, contribute, yeah. contribute to the production of the next product or a better product or the ongoing maintenance and support of the existing product. Like kick something back to the industry. Why is it always this drive to take anything and everything from the industry? And, and you know what this is. And I, I called it on the internet. It's like, Oh, so basically you guys want higher payouts and higher per hour, Currency rates so you can unlock everything in the game and trade. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's ultimately what all I got, all the cars, it got boring, so I traded the game. It's like, man, if you want this game and you want to play it, then just play it everything else will take care of itself over time. The idea is that you're going to be playing this game for a long time. If you aren't going to be playing the game for a long time, then you don't deserve to enjoy its greatest rewards. It's just that simple. Like people talk about, it it always comes back to that respect my time, but I'm thinking that respect my time is just a, it's just a coded, it's just a coded means of saying like, don't, don't make me work hard for stuff don't make me invest time to earn stuff just give me the stuff <laughs> but well i'll mull i'll mull that over and get a more refined take on exactly what respect my time means because they want you to believe it's like oh, i just want checkpoints and a save system it's like no you want something else you're just using all that as a as a spear tip to Really get what you want because that's what the gaming community does when they come up with their little innocuous desires. How easy mode turned into accessibility because disabled gamers and loot boxes and microtransactions turned into oh, what about the children? Because you know it's it's about them, and how always online, like, what about rural gamers and people without internet? What about them? But really, what about me?
1: Yeah, or like it's just that idea of that entitlement or that assumption that because I got to this area or this boss, I should then be able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, no, it's Souls like, games all yeah. day long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was I was looking at a thread and somebody had the audacity to say like no no enemy should should be able to one shot kill you. like well it's an rpg if you're getting one shot killed that's your fault go level up somewhere else work on your skills learn how to dodge use the block button get the bloodhound step flash step through it do something you have all the tools and materials at your disposal to be able to play any game successfully but you think just because just because you're able to wander into the high level area that you should be able to survive it like dude obviously you're not supposed to be there yet go somewhere else it's with elden ring i think i mentioned this before sorry for for getting on the tear yeah
1: no no let's do it
0: but it's like during the development of the game people were so excited for open world souls because all it's open world i don't have to keep ramming my head against a brick wall to try to beat this boss so that I can keep playing the game. I can just go wherever I want. It's like I, the one thing I told people was like, yeah, but it's still a Souls game. You're still going to have to fight things. And if it's open world, that means that some of the areas are going to be higher levels than the area that you started. So if you're just going to wander around thinking you can go wherever you want, you're eventually going to run into something That's going to whoop your ass. And you either won't see it coming or you're going to walk in there thinking you're a badass and it's just any old enemy. And it's just going to wipe its nose with you and keep it moving. Like, dude, there's an area in the game that is nothing but dragons. (laughs) Like, you even the moment you pop up, like, you fast travel to the, the point of grace that's in the area, you pan your camera, there is a dragon walking, like, two or... 300 feet away from you. Like, okay, this is the area. There are multiple dragons together. Granted, they're like juveniles, so they don't breathe fire, but they'll still wreck your shit. So, you know, it's. I, it, like you said man just because people feel like just because they go somewhere that they should be able to handle it I and mean, technically you can it's just if you have the skills to do that uh, more likely than not you don't because you don't play these games and you don't take them seriously you're out there trying to play call of duty with a with a magic sword it's not how that works you've got to get in there you have to learn the system you have to learn the rhythm of the game. You have to respect its mechanics and its content. You have to put in the time. Just, oh man, you're not special. <laughs> a, game, a game is not supposed to just lay down and show you its belly just because you paid the price of admission. You didn't pay. You didn't pay for the right to access all the content you want. You paid for a ticket into a very specific experience so if you don't have the stomach or the heart for the ride maybe you shouldn't have bought a ticket so that's that's what i'm gonna say about that yeah that's no, ridiculous get, <laughs> let's get into our next topic of the week top topic of the
1: week let's see um all right let's uh we got another uh big story possibly um Let's jump into this GTA Online story, a dub. Yes. So what we have learned by way of Rockstar is that GTA Online will be getting a subscription plan or service what? or whatever you want to call it. What? uh So let's. Uh, go is it gonna say,
0: Is it gonna send hookers to my house? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Five bucks a month. Yes, <laughs> you <see>. think so? Because
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> the Tiffany Tower. <laughs> Oh, that would be amazing.
1: Uh, we're getting that, e- that explicit on this episode. Let's, let's see here. Okay, so that new service will be called GTA Plus because that's because that's what we're calling things now. Yes. Uh, GTA Plus is a new membership program exclusively for GTA Online on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S launching on March 29th. Mm. And providing easy access to a range of valuable benefits for both new and long-standing players on the latest generation consoles. Being a GTA plus member gets you a recurring monthly GTA five hundred thousand dollars direct deposit to your, to your Maze Bank account. Not my Maze Bank account. <sighs> Plus the opportunity to claim properties in and around Los Santos that unlock gameplay updates you may have missed out on, special vehicle upgrades, member only discounts, GTA cash, and RP bonuses, whatever the fuck all that means, and more each month.
0: Your experience.
1: Yeah, okay, there we go. So uh, basically
0: XP boost.
1: Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh sign up for just uh, you can sign up for just five ninety-nine a month starting on March 29th via the PlayStation Store or the Microsoft store. So A dub, GTA Online, getting a subscription service, a la I mean games that we've seen in the past like World of Warcraft, but a little different. Um what 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 are your thoughts on this?
0: You know, it, I'm sure. I'm going to have flamethrowers showing up in my apartment one of these days. I think this is a great thing because with GTA Online getting a, a premium subscription service, this more this more greatly solidifies its existence as a standalone product rather than something that's added on to the single player experience of the GTA offerings franchise because it's now it's being offered separately you're getting the current gen versions for ps5 and xbox series x where you can pay for you can pay for the single player component and the online component is being offered for free being offered separately and now with this with this service now rockstar can have a steady income revenue stream that they can use to have a dedicated gta online team that will be able to just continue to churn out content and take care of its player base. Meanwhile, that additional revenue stream can also go toward the development of their flagship titles. You know, we we understand that GTA 6 is currently in development, so this can help push that along, get more quality in there, get them more talent necessary to handle both things at the same time. You know, I'm looking at it more of in a broader scope, uh, in a more narrow perspective, looking at just, the GTA Online ecosystem, I feel like this is a big boon for the players on the online because it's, it's showing that Rockstar is even more committed to GTA Online as its own thing. And it's going to be bringing new content. It's also going to be possibly giving us access to old content that was part of limited or, or timed events, uh, GTA Plus members that can also purchase members only shark cards come with extra bonus cash. <laughs> so you know you get you get a the discount there. You get the, the five hundred thousand monthly income, which amounts to about what six million a year. Uh, you're going to be getting you're going to be getting member only content. I, I support it. I'm all about it. I know people hate this kind of stuff. In fact, we got a few of those people right here.
1: <laughs> like to hear here go. Like to
0: hear here go. We got to troll of the
1: week. Troll, troll, of, the week. Week. troll, troll week. of the week. Troll, troll of the
0: week. Troll of the week. You know what it is. You know what it's about. First troll says, so sad to see what's happening to Rockstar. Finally playing through Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's a shame they can't focus more on their outstanding single player content instead of diverting so many resources towards squeezing every last cent they can out of a 10-year-old game. I mean, I get it. Money talks, but it still sucks. All right, let's let's break this down. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. four years ago you're playing it now they needed that support four years ago so strike number one against you (laughs) it's so sad to see what happened to rockstar uh you mean that they have one of the highest selling games and online experiences of all time are making money hand over fist and are putting that money back into the service in order to continue to serve it's fan base. Uh, sad to see that they have a game so successful that they are able to continue to add features and improve it as they remaster it for each hardware generation. Uh, so sad to see that they're taking their time creating the next entry in the GTA franchise because all this money that they made has afforded them that space to be able to do that. Hmm. I dude. I, I just don't understand people like this. Like you're, you're openly admitting that it took you this long to support their game and you love it. So maybe you should start supporting this kind of stuff on day one and maybe they will be more apt to make more single player content. And it's not sad when a developer is being successful. Uh, you're going to see a general theme here and I'll go into greater detail later, but uh, just to give you the idea, it's, gamers have a very bad habit of not being able to recognize the effect of money, and patronage, and the cycle by which that, that goes back into the products and the things that these developers put out. But let's get to the next troll. Jesus Christ, what happened to Rockstar? Sad thing is this shit will probably be successful. Yeah, it's a great thing. <laughs> I mean, and, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's only successful if people are playing it. Exactly. <laughs> which people are. People are yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> and Great numbers for significant amounts of hours and you know what that means they'll be able to hire more people open more studios work on more stuff at the same time probably put out more than one game in a generation again who knows but we can only see a company getting like what what do people think is happening that they're just pocketing all the money (laughs) like just just cutting it up and doing lines with it like this With them getting this influx of capital that's going to allow them and their publisher Take-Two to be able to do more, offer more, make better stuff. Like, this is great. This is the power of consumer dollars at work. And if people are willing to pay $6 a month for GTA Online, then let them. That's their choice. And watch what Rockstar does with that money over time. You're going to see, but you have to look for it. You can't just assume everything is bad because, oh, they want money. It's terrible. As troll is saying, love that sweet, greedy capitalism. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. It's so bad when people want to be compensated for the work that they put in, for the products they offer. Oh, how do we live? troll. really got to give Rockstar some credit here. It's, a, it's pretty impressive how every time you think they probably can't find a shameless new loan for themselves at GTA, they still manage to find a way. By offering a subscription service, which will allow them to continue to bring content and updates to their highly successful online online experience. Like, come on, guys. It's working. They have something that people enjoy. And they're trying to get stable revenue out of it so that they can more effectively support it and improve it and add to it. This is how things work. Next troll, no the hell out of that cow. <laughs> Next troll says, this dead horse has been beaten so badly that the only thing left is a small tuft of hair at the bottom of a crater. Excellent visual. <laughs> beating a dead horse. I mean, if, if every time I struck a dead horse, a bag of money came out, I would keep beating the horse. <laughs> Next Joe says, sorry, but who the F would fall for this money-making scheme?
1: A lot of people.
0: (laughs) Probably about 130 million people. (laughs) But yeah, so the the unifying theme is that gamers are so short-sighted and selfish that they don't see the relationship of consumer dollars to industry output working right in front of their faces. GTA Online Yes, it came out about nine years ago. And you know what? For some reason, it's still here. That reason is because it's making money. And you know what's happening because it's been here for nine years? It has been added to, improved, and supported that whole time, consistently, dedicated, because people keep paying money. And you know what else has been happening behind the scenes that people don't really appreciate? GTA 6 is has been in development because GTA 5 is still making money. So Rockstar has all the time in the world to make sure that product is as good as it can possibly be. Yeah, it sucks for us. Oh, they're not putting out games as fast as they used to. Do you really want that? Like, do you really want Rockstar only spending about four years to make their next game? Like, you really want shorter development times, if you're trying to play some of the greatest games ever made. It, let's, you're let's, trying
1: to avoid crunch. You're so you're mad trying about crunch. You're to
0: avoid crunch, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're mad about working conditions. You're mad about, <laughs> you're, mad about, <laughs> you're mad about how long everything takes, yet let's look at the greatest games of all time. I mean, El- Elden Ring, didn't that take like... When did Dark Souls 3 come out? Let me see that. Because um, I'm curious. Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 came out 2016. Elden Ring came out 2022. So, six years. Six years for that. Gran Turismo. Let's see. Sport. When did that come out? Gran Turismo Sport. God damn it. Of course it wouldn't be that one. Whatever. (laughs) The, the The point of the matter is, I mean, what, Red Dead Redemption came out 2010. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out 2008. And again, first troll, I'm playing Red Dead 2 and I'm loving it. Yeah, it took eight years. (laughs) GTA, GTA 5, 2013. GTA 6, no release date yet. Almost 10 years in development. What are the odds that GTA 6 is probably going to be a significant improvement over GTA 5? I would say pretty high, given the amount of time that it's taking and the amount of revenue that Rockstar is pulling in on a annual basis because of the success of GTA 5 and GTA Online, hopefully as well with GTA Plus. Like, fellas, this is what happens. This is why, it, at least me personally, this is why I get upset when people are always like, oh, that's a rental. Oh, getting it on Game Pass. Oh, I bought that used. Oh, trading my games in. And It's like, okay, you're pulling money out of the industry and then you're getting mad when Games are annualized, or when they come out and they have issues at launch, it's like, oh, they should have delayed it. Well, that takes money, and you're not paying for it. So, what money are they going to delay it with? They're going to take a loss on the game. They're going to pump AAA budgets into every game just so you cannot buy it. That's not how that works. When money goes in the system, better stuff comes out of the system. You have contribute we are the fuel that generates the things that we want and need luckily the people online are such a small majority of of the gaming community that you know it depends on the game where it matters if it appeals more to the the online crowd then that's a game that's probably going to be hurting the most when it comes out if it's a game that has broader appeal to the larger gaming audience then that's a game that's going to endure regardless of what people say online and luckily gta 5 was one of those games that just had unbelievable mass appeal and because of that it's been making unbelievable amounts of money which has allowed it to be supported and remastered and re-released same thing with skyrim i mean what starfield been in development for according to todd howard it's been an idea they've been working toward for over two decades so i'm hoping that we'll see that amount of time reflected in the overall quality of the product uh what fallout 3 2008 fallout 4 2015 uh oblivion 2006 2007 skyrim 2011 uh elder scrolls 6 no idea (laughs) <laughs> it's been well over 10 years Since the last mainline Elder Scrolls And well, you know Elder Scrolls Online Another thing that they have Making money for them. Fallout 76 Another thing they have in the background Making money for them People shit on those games Well they don't shit on Elder Scrolls Online anymore I think um, that was after they Didn't they remove the subscription fee From Elder Scrolls Online Because people were throwing a hissy fit about it
1: uh, I don't remember It would have been a while ago Wanna say yes, but I couldn't I can't confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah
0: but the, the the point still stands. It's like the greatest games of all time don't come out on a conveyor belt. Those are products that take time and energy and money to make. I mean, look at any industry, like the best things that come out for consumers or the best things that industries produce and manufacture typically take great amounts of time and large amounts of money to produce look at the automotive industry yeah. Aston Martin Ferrari Lamborghini Rolls-Royce Bentley like these cars aren't just popping out and it's not like they're mass produced like they're made by hand <laughs> they cost a lot of money. They're made with the best materials. Just all the money that they make from the sales of those things goes back into those things to make better things that then make more money to make even better things. It is a cycle. If you aren't being a proper consumer, if you're only out there concerned about getting as much as you can for as little as you can spend, then the things that you're going to be getting are going to carry a diminishing amount of quality. Like it, it People are so... People are so cognizant of important terms like diminishing returns when it's something that they want. But then when you think about their effect on the products that we enjoy, then suddenly their minds just go blank. Like there's diminishing returns when you're buying used and when you're just waiting for sales and waiting for PS Plus and games of gold. Like It's, you're sucking the blood and the fuel out of the industry. And it's resulting in us not being able to go as far as quickly as we could if people just bit the bullet and supported the things that they wanted to support. So GTA 5 and GTA Online, now GTA Plus, this is a masterclass in what it means to support something and what that support turns into on the back end. When the developer puts that money back into the product as well as into other things that they intend to do. So pay attention, stop being selfish, and buy games. Yeah. Moral of the story.
1: <laughs> I would also add that GTA Online is going to be free on PlayStation 5. So you're saving money there. Also, nothing is for free so Mm -hmm. they gotta they gotta make money somehow they're not going to just give you the game and not expect you to give some money towards that game to keep it up and running and so they gotta find ways to incentivize people to engage with their product and possibly you know pony up a little cash to you know get access to certain things or to you know access things a little bit quicker but part of the game being free on playstation 5 is that hey Maybe you want to kick in a couple bucks And then you can also get this this Content or at least have them Continue to produce content on top of that
0: We can only hope <laughs> <laughs> AMC You got any more stories? That greed uh, uh, they, gave dare me,
1: me. they gave me GTA Online For free that greed <laughs> Why see. am I being
0: punished for not paying $6 a month <laughs> Yeah.
1: Let's see um, This is a follow up to a Story the developers of stalker two are reportedly going to be moving to a different country. Um, reason why that is important or at least, you know, having to do with current events. So GSC game world, the developer of upcoming stalker two heart of Chernobyl, they actually changed this, the spelling of it uh, is reportedly looking to relocate staff to Prague in order to safely finish its game and safely. It's important there because the studio is currently based in Kiev, ukraine the capital that is currently under attack by russia and so yeah obviously that is affecting their development they're trying to figure out what to do i know people who are really excited for this game were a little worried about what this meant for the game coming out and it seems like they have plans to as of now to move to another country and to continue working on their game so just a follow-up there uh anything else from you A uh
0: just a, a quick hit playstation wait did you did you do the quick hit about the acquisition
1: no i did not do that what you got
0: well it's it's in relation to that so it's a it's a quick little two-piece little two-piece of the biscuit so (laughs) we already know that we we received news uh jade raymond studio haven studios has been acquired by sony nice nice and on top of that, Sony issued a statement saying that PlayStation will continue to make single-player games, even as their live service ambitions expand. Because with the acquisition of Haven Studios, of course, there's been speculation that oh, Sony—they're moving toward live service—and uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know how people are—it's like oh, they—they they did th- like like you were saying they did this, so everything's gonna be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's. Not what's happening at all. Stop with the doom saying, stop with the assumptions. If you don't know how to read the industry, don't try to read the industry. And if you're gonna try to read the industry, at least leave room for yourself to be wrong. Don't speak in absolutes, don't speak in certain terms. It's like, you know, this it looks like this, but hey, I can be wrong. Just give us one of those. A little disclaimer. But yeah, so just a quick hit. They're just reassuring gamers like, hey, it's not what you think quick. <laughs> so quick, it's a quick trip
1: <laughs> The sad part is that they have to do that Because people are already reacting <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, It's the same thing With reviews that have to have a little Blurb about microtransactions And people with their goddamn Questions every time a game gets announced Is it going to have microtransactions Who cares Well they do obviously but it's like Who cares it doesn't change Anything Don't use them if you still feel uncomfortable don't
1: buy the game at all. Call it. Again. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this is a follow up to. I believe that like there is Sony said there is initiative to get out what was it, like eleven or so. There, there was a lot of live service games that they planned a lot to, of live service games. yeah, that they planned to have coming out, and maybe they saw something here with this game. Um, I know that they had already invested in the studio, so this is now just a, you know, we we maybe we like the your current development so far. So let's lock it down and just keep this going from here on forward. Uh, So, yeah, um, I know people are going to immediately react to that, but the games are like, we see horizon already doing well. You can already expect that God of war is going to do well. Spider-Man is our, is, the the 1.5 spider-man game with miles morales is doing incredibly well so yeah there's there's absolutely no incentive for them to just get away from the single player space but once again as you said the 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 concerns they have to address it and so it's sad that as they're as they're saying like hey we're we're building up our our stable they have to say oh but this isn't gonna uh, this isn't an indication of how we're gonna move you know moving forward basically (laughs) Uh, i have a quick hit let's see here one last one i put my notes down unfortunately yeah so uh nintendo switch got a 14.0 update the only thing here that is of importance which is kind of cool is that they will now have folders for your games so you can organize yo shit so they're showing you can have a folder of mario so it's like all your mario games in this folder or you can you could have folder just indie games and have all your indie games in this folder so just a way to organize all your games cuz i know people they're, they're you know people are all about getting the bigger better uh hardware you know uh in this case i think it's uh just like flash drives or something like that but um yeah getting bigger drives and so thus having more and more games on your console and then you got to scroll through all that shit to figure out what you want to play so they figured out a way to, you know, organize it a little better, so you can just quickly. Yeah, I'm feeling Mario right now. I'm gonna go into my Mario folder. I'm feeling Zelda right now. I'm gonna go into my Zelda folder, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. You it allows you to do? have.
0: Um, I imagine it allows all you to have that stuff like on the screen. You don't have to scroll over to
1: it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Like my goal is with uh, with. With the PS5, is I just want to have nothing but heavy hitters on my list, on my list of games. So I'm almost there. Like just because of the way it works, I think if you move games between the different storages, then it puts the games that were moved back to the front. So I'm trying to push some of them off. Okay. <laughs> I just want nothing but like Cyberpunk, Elden, Gran Turismo, Forbidden West, Returnal. Hades.
1: <laughs> chorus. Oh, yes.
0: I still need to beat Chorus. I don't believe I got right up to the end and just went and played up. I mean, I'm so terrible. Oh, my backlog. Why did I do this to myself? But it, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked. I'm getting to the end of Elden Ring. I'm going to beat Elden Ring, which I'm going to be very happy about and sad in a way because I kind of don't want the experience to end. However, there's a lot of stuff in the game that I've yet to experience. I haven't even found a single location uh, that corresponds to the the paintings that you find. There are like these these mystery paintings. And if you go to the spot where the painting is being painted, then there's supposed to be something there. So I'll, I'll have to check that out one of these days. Oh, yeah. Side quests I was cut out of places I didn't explore. Uh, illusion doors I haven't found. There's a <laughs> I gotta I gotta get underneath a city to find something that's gonna get me a different ending. There's different endings. There's it, So much stuff. It's such a phenomenal game. I will never be able to not say good things about it, in spite of oh the jank and the clunkiness. <laughs> Love it! Is people are working overtime just to. It, there are so many new lines now, like from from software fans can't accept criticism, <laughs> and they're hypocrites for using guides. It's like, shut up! You just want easy mode. <laughs> <laughs> One guy, uh, uh, why are we happy? We regress from Sekiro smooth combat to this awkward style. <laughs> It's like, number one, this isn't Sekiro, so there was no regression, and it incorporates elements of Sekiro, so it's a progression from the Soul style of combat.
1: Also, I thought like people were like, oh, Sekiro is the worst. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, not me. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's like those people, like, oh, we want them to go back to the soul style. And then they yeah. go back and it's like, what happened to Sekiro? <laughs> what happened Where is it?
0: <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, this is obviously a Sekiro fan. So let's, let's give a little credit there. Oh, man. It, it even has, like, kind of an Attack on Titan uh, element to it because there's these. I don't know how they're determined. Maybe they're planned. Like maybe it's a specific enemy in a given area. But every now and then there's a there are enemies. Like if you hit if you hit it, it explodes in this cloud of dust and turns into like a, a mini boss. Mm. <laughs> and then you kill it and you get this resource that allows you to respect your character. So it's at first, I thought it was crazy. I was like, "Is anybody else running into these enemies that explode into bigger enemies? You're <laughs> like, by <"Am I> alone here." <laughs> and like, "Nah, that's, that's, that's a thing." It's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> uh, that's dope. That's dope. It's, dude. There's, I, I could, I could speak for hours about all the little things that are going on in Elden Ring, and it wouldn't even scratch the surface. It is truly a monumental achievement in gaming. Uh luckily it was hugely successful. Luckily there are large amounts of people that get it, that understand, because there is an ongoing campaign to try to take take the wind out of the sails of Elden Ring and it's not working. So I'm happy about that because this game deserves all the praise, all the credit. Yes, it has flaws. White game doesn't. However, what it brings to the table and what it accomplishes is far greater than any any summation of the flaws that you could possibly put together. It's it's phenomenal. I can't wait for you to get it. I will always be ready to jump in and co-op. I'll start a fresh playthrough and just work on my character, especially since I know where some shit is
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: can't wait to can't wait to just beeline it toward like dope ass staffs <laughs> get, get my bell bearings get my smith and stones upgrade my weapons oh man get knock out these bosses at lower levels because i know their movesets uh so good avoiding traps
1: uh you have any other stories there, do i do not all right how about yep. yourself i got nothing else you got any final words before we get out of here
0: Final words, I mean, we got through this epic Q1, one of the greatest Q1s of all time, and we just have the rest of the year to look forward to. We are steadily closing in on the release of Starfield. I don't know if you're excited, but I am overly excited, if you can't tell. And yeah, just looking forward to all the things to come. We still got Unreal 5 set to become the new industry standard third-party middleware, and Oh um, man! Still got big exclusives coming. We still got we got E3 to look forward to when they're going to show us the the shape of games to come. One of these days, GTA Six is going to be is going to be revealed, and we're going to see what Rockstar has been putting all that GTA Online money toward. There's so much to look forward to. There's so much available to already enjoy. Why are we harping on the smallest things? microtransactions, why are we concerned about that in one game? Why are we concerned about always online in one game? Why are we concerned about oh, my sword is clipping through my cape. This can't be a 10 out of 10. Fuck out of here. The game is phenomenal. talking about it. But yes, it's why do we we have the microscope looking at the smallest thing when there's an entire world, an entire universe of gaming to enjoy for what it is for the best that it offers there's way more good than there is bad there always will be and it's only getting better let's be positive
1: well this is control issues at- mm-hmm. See? and this is
0: we are control-
1: mm-hmm. suckers
0: suckers